Hey guys, it's Jamie Scrimger here, second wife, stepmom of three, and mom of one. And you're listening to my podcast, where we talk about all things motherhood, stepmotherhood, and living a kick-ass life. If you're ready for raw and real conversations and are striving to live your very best life, then you are in the right place. Every week, I'll provide you with tips and strategies and mindset shifts to inspire you to live your own version of a kick-ass life. We'll bring you along as I create my own. Hey guys, on this week's episode of the podcast, we're talking about family life and finances, which I'm sure I don't have to tell you is a pretty touchy subject. Anyways, finances can cause a lot of stress in a first marriage when there isn't any of the complications of step-family dynamics. But then for second marriages and, you know, second marriages where kids are involved, throw in child support payments and alimony, financial responsibilities from the first marriage, different opinions on where funds should be allocated, lawyer's bills, the stress of having to divide up your net worth after your first marriage failed – And while all of that combines, you know, that uh, country song that says it would have been cheaper to keep her, it's, it's kind of the truth. Anyways, guys, finances, like I said, are a huge stressor for many blended families. In a recent blog post, I shared how we handle finances in our family, and I'll link it for you below. But basically, I shared that we ended up merging everything from the very beginning. So shortly after I moved in, all of my paychecks started to go into our joint account and my student loan payments came out of the same account as like lawyer's bills and expenses for the kids. We always really had this like what's mine is yours mentality with money from the beginning. And honestly, with me buying a lot of stuff for the kids, I ended up just having no money in my bank account and my husband would have to like write me checks back and forth. So it just worked out better that way. But like I said, that does not work for everyone, including my guest today, Kate Chapman. So Kate, if you're not familiar with her, is the founder of an online community for divorced parents and blended families called This Life in Progress. So she is a mom and a stepmom to six kids aged 10 all the way to 17, which is a lot of teenagers in one house, by the way. God help you, Kate. She is also a co-parenting expert and an experienced executive coach. Chances are you have stumbled upon some of Kate's articles on your Facebook newsfeed because this woman is published everywhere. So I always love chatting with Kate because we have such different ways of approaching step parenting and blended family life. Like we do things completely opposite to one another, and that includes finances. So she and her husband, like I said, are complete opposite of Darren and I. In this episode, we're going to talk about how Kate and her husband handle blended family life in their home. So from parenting stepkids and bio kids with different sets of rules and expectations, how Kate and her husband handle finances, why they do it that way, and what role they play in parenting each other's children, Kate's sharing it all. So let's dive in. All right, guys. So I am here with Kate Chapman, and I cannot tell you how excited I am to sit down with Kate. Like I said, Kate and I have very different ways of going about step parenting and blended family life. So we always have very interesting conversations. So welcome, Kate. Thank you so much, Jamie. I'm so glad to talk to you. I know. Oh my gosh. I've been thinking about this, this chat for a while now, because today we're talking about finances with blended families. And like I said, we have very different ways of going about this. And this really is a hot topic 
with stepmoms and blended families or anyone in a co-parenting relationship, right? Yeah. Yeah. So what I was going to do is, you know what, why don't, before we dive right in, give us the lowdown on your family, like kind of What's, what's the dynamic of your family? You have, there's six kids, right? There are, there are six kiddos. So I had two boys and a girl and the love of my life has two girls and a boy. And so we have bigs, middles, and littles. We have a 17-year-old son applying to university. We have a 15-year-old daughter. We have a 14-year-old son starting high school, a 13-year-old daughter ending middle school. And we have two 10-year-olds, boy and a girl. And, you know, two dogs, four chickens, a couple of bunnies. It's a wild, it's a wild time over here. Oh, wow. That is a lot of teenagers and tweenagers in the it, house. It is a lot of drama. Things are very <laughs> intense over here. We feel things very deeply. <laughs> oh my gosh. And you know what? I, I always thought, you know, the difference between you and I is that, you know, we have Reese, our ours baby. And yeah. the reason why things are different for us is that we don't have kids that are the same age, right? So yeah. if I had children, like I'd come into this marriage with children and Darren has his kid from his previous marriage. When they're the same age and you're trying to blend the families, like that's where things get a little bit, a little bit tricky. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So. you're like, yeah. And we have, well, and I mean, so let's get real, right? As we always do, Jamie, it is tricky no matter where you're falling out on this spectrum, right? Ours baby, no ours baby, ages not. But um, for us, we are also both in a position where we share 50-50 custody with the other parent and the kids are involved in blended families on the other parent's side as well. And we all live in the same relatively small town. So these kids are part of big tribes. We have some different dynamics in terms of co-parenting relationships. So a lot of your listeners may be familiar with my blog, This Life in Progress, and they know that my kid's dad, Billy, is an active, present part of our lives. We co-parent effectively, although we didn't always. And that's not the case on the side of my stepchildren. And so we have a lot of mixed dynamics happening in this big group. But yeah, the kids at the same age, it was a challenge for us for a while. We're, we're getting better at it, but you know, we're still in the weeds, still slogging through and learning every day, I think. So what is your schedule like with the kids then? Sure. So if you think about two weeks, if everybody can picture a calendar in their minds, on Mondays, my stepchildren arrive and they stay through the following Monday. On Fridays of that same week, so five days later, my children arrive and stay through the following Friday. So during the week, we have three children, one set or another, and Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, we have all six. And then for four days a month, it's just Gabe and I and the dogs, which sounds really exciting, except it's a lot of laundry and a lot of, you know, grocery shopping and a lot of throwing away things that, you know, seem to be out. Wet socks. Not all pure and- romance and bliss. Just <laughs> not. Best life. No, one of my favorite quotes from when we were dating, um, and I wrote about it in a piece called The First Proposal was, it was like, I'm pretty sure this will be easy peasy. It just requires good organization. And so every now and then when we are in the thick of it, I will look at him and say, easy peasy, right? Just some good organization. (laughs) Yeah, it's not that hard, right? No big deal. Right. No big deal. These people are all easy. Oh, goodness. So, you know, my question for you is, 
Do you have different ways of parenting the kids or are you guys on the same page? Because I feel like that when I think about teenagers and, you know, kids who are the exact same age and in the same stages of life, like, are you and Gabe on the same page when it comes to expectations with the kids? We are largely on the same page. Yes. However, we do parent in our own lanes. And I know that's something that is a different choice. Some blended families do, some don't. So I'll give you an example. Yesterday morning, everybody was up and around. Gabe was off running kids to and from Sunday school activities. So it was a Sunday morning and my stepdaughter was home. She made a huge elaborate smoothie, as 15-year-olds do, (laughs) and left the kitchen looking like a bomb had gone off. If that were my son, I would say, clean up your stuff. Yeah. I didn't say anything to her because I trust that Gabe will handle it. So the rule is consistent on if you set a bomb off in the kitchen, you clean it up. But we choose on who says what. Now, if Gabe was on a business trip or not coming home, I'm happy to do that. But she's 15. She's pretty sensitive to being parented by anyone, step or not. And so I'll let dad have that joy. And I'll say, did you like your smoothie? Looked yummy and move along with my life. Yeah. And you know what I always say, because especially when my um, stepkids became teenagers, I really took a step back in the parenting department because I would say like they're, they're less forgiving of the step parents than they are the real parent. Right. So I, I definitely, I get that. I, I totally pick my battles with that. Now, were you guys always in that position? Is that how you always navigated it? It is how we always navigated it, but it started out because I was much stricter with my crew than he was with his. And so if I chose to apply my standards to his crew, it just rubbed them wrong. So over the years, I've just sort of relaxed my standards when it comes to his. That's, you know, I'll ask sort of if he's out late and I'm watching the kiddos and have everybody else say sort of, what do you want done with them? And then I'll say, you know, your dad wants you in bed by nine or your dad wants phones out of the room, but I don't own any of that where, you know, I'm pretty sure that if my kids are home, I'm very comfortable saying, go plug your phone in and shut the lights off. And what are you still doing up? But you're right with teenagers. It's just not worth it. There was a time, maybe almost a year ago, where we went to the movie and my youngest stepson, Jack, is incredibly inquisitive. He has lots of questions about everything all the time. And he was asking me why it was important to hold on to his ticket stub at the movies. And I was saying, you know, if you need to go get something to eat or go to the restroom, that's proof that you bought your ticket. Well, he's sort of thinking aloud and saying, well, I don't need to do anything, so you should hold this. We're trying to teach him independence. And so I said, no, sweetheart, you have pockets on your pants. You can hold that. That's your ticket stub. And he was fussy about it. And, you know, I'm a mom. I just ignored it. He's number six. I don't even hear it. And he kept going on and on. And I turned to him and I said, sweetie, I'm done talking about this. You can make the choice, throw it away or hold it. But that's what it's for. And if you decide to throw it away, know that you won't be able to do those things. The kids went off to get seats. I didn't think anything more about it. Two days later, my son, Caden, says to me, well, that was really awkward. And I said, what? You know, explain it to me. And he said, well, when we went in to get seats, the three stepchildren were all riled up because they said you have no right to parent the youngest. Now, Let's remember, everybody, that we've been married years and years and years. That youngest who's 10 has been actively in my life since he was four. But that's the teenager prickliness on that felt like parenting that was out of line. I didn't think anything about it. I'm certainly not going to circle back about it. It didn't cause me any sweat at this point. I wasn't upset about it. But I did notice, like you said, Jamie, that teenagers are a little bit more attuned and a little harder to 
sort of forgive and move forward. The rules seem strict. And, and, you know, I noticed the same in my kids as well. Totally. Yeah. It's like, you're kind of, a, you're tiptoeing around, right? And you just kind of are like, okay, like, how is this going to go over? Cause it really depends on a lot of things that are going on in their life at that time. And right. I think teenagers just have a lot on their plate anyway. So yeah, totally. as a STEM, I definitely take a back seat with those heavy conversations when I used to be super involved in that. Right. Yeah. So I think that's a good call for you guys. So when you guys are doing finances and stuff with your blended family, how do you, how do you navigate that? Because kids are expensive, like winter boots. <laughs> really and expensive. you know, I think we've had a conversation you and I before about like hunter boots or something like that. Like, yes. Well, and I've been meaning to tell you, so for those of you who weren't listening to that conversation, I think it was a live conversation years ago, Jamie and I had where I was like, never what a hunter boots are like a hundred bucks. And Jamie was all in. My daughter has hunter boots now, Jamie. So oh, you've come a long way. Aren't they cute? <laughs> They're super cute. But anyway, she's old enough to keep them nicely and needed them for the rain. But as I bought them, I thought I need to text Jamie. <laughs> We're buying Hunter boots. That is a hilarious. So how do you guys yeah. navigate finances? Very simply, we have a household account where each of us contribute equally to the household account. And it's important to know I own my own business outside of my blog. So I run a business that I'm the founder and CEO of. I work full-time. I've always worked full-time. That's something that has been part of my history. I was the primary wage earner in my first marriage. And I pay child support as well. So I pay child support, Gabe pays child support. We have private school tuitions in there where we've got college coming up. Kids are very expensive and a very poor investment. I'm not getting much back yet, but I feel, I feel hopeful. Um, That's so hilarious. we actually keep our finances entirely separate. So groceries, rent, heat, anything we're paying for that happens for the household comes out of our household account. And we know the total of those expenses and we each contribute half. And then anything else comes out of our individual accounts. And then for the ease of, you know, the fact that I'm sometimes out with his girls when they need new underwear, in fact, probably always out with his girls when they need new underwear, um, I carry a credit card that only he pays for and he carries a credit card that only I pay for. And so we can sort of seamlessly make that happen. I can buy things without having to pay. And then once a month, we settle up. So occasionally there's still stuff that we have to divide or that he's paid for or I paid for. And so do you guys have different ideas on how much kids should get for different things? You know, I know a lot of families, you know, struggle with like cell phones. Like one parent thinks that it's, they should be paying for the cell phone bill and other parents are like, uh, no, I'm not paying for a cell phone bill or all that data and things like that. Where are you guys at in terms of that kind of stuff? Oh, slogging through it. Um, <laughs> and because let's just face it, right? Blended families and co-parents don't ever have just two people involved in the conversation. Whether no, no, we like no. it or not, there are at least four parents involved and each co-parent is also married. So I can bet that we've got six adults involved in this conversation about whether so-and-so needs braces or a phone or, you know, all of those pieces. So we generally agree. There are places where we are just different and our kids are old enough to understand that we are different. So we generally agree on visible things, things like cell phones, things like you know, that all the kids are going to possess devices. But sometimes we have to sort of make decisions and make it right. So for example, my stepchildren go to a private school. That private school requires that they have a laptop and they um, don't issue one. My children are in public school and there's a program in the public school where they are issued a laptop. But what happens is then my stepchildren are walking around with Apple MacBooks 
And my children don't have something like that. And over the summer, my children's laptops go back to the school and my stepchildren are watching movies on their MacBooks. So how does that go over? So it didn't go over well the first summer we did it. (laughs) (laughs) And so I had a conversation with their dad and said, hey, you know, I think if I save, I can get to this point. We're going to need it for college applications for one. And so we gifted at the next sort of appropriate occasion. I can't remember if it was birthday or Christmas. We gifted with their dad, my kids, their laptop so that it was a little bit more even. Now, are there any ever any situations where you're like, you know what? No, sorry. That's what they have and you're not getting yeah. it because we just do things differently. Totally. Absolutely. And there are those situations on money. There are those situations on discipline. There are those situations on screen time in my house. And my kids would probably tell you that the refrain is, I'm your mom. Your dad and I make those decisions together. There are people in this house who have different rules and that's between their mom and their dad. Right. And but this is your rule. So do they lose their mind on that? Like, like I, I have a uh, lot of moms reach out to me with questions like that, because I'll say, I often say like, there's things that Reese is not yeah. going to be allowed to do or things that she does do that the kids don't. And, you know, we're, she's four and they're, right. you know, 11, 14 and 16. So it doesn't really matter. There's really no comparison at yeah. that point. But, you know, I have, stepmoms reach out to me and say, well, what if they're the same age? You know, how do you, how do you navigate around that? And I'm like, "Eh, I don't, I can't really speak to that because I've never walked in that situation. Yeah. The only thing I would say that we make really clear is as stepmom, I am never involved in that conversation. It's as mom that I'm involved in that conversation. So it's as mom saying to my kids, no, we're not going to do that. In our family, I would say that my stepchildren generally have more and get more than my children do. But if if the opposite were true, I don't feel comfortable as stepmom talking about it. So for example, my half of the family, and we do have sort of small subfamilies within our large family, my children and I don't attend church regularly. The stepchildren would love to not attend church regularly. Right. And so they will often say to me, hey, can I stay home Sunday? What are you guys doing? Can I join? And my answer is universally, that's up to dad and we would love to have you if he's comfortable with that. Right, right. But I am not stepping into making a decision or influencing. The other thing is they are sometimes, you know, treated differently and my kids are aware and worried about that. And those are conversations Gabe and I have, and those are not sweetness and light conversations. So we went out to dinner this weekend, which we rarely do when we have the children. And we know from experience that the six children, despite their ages, cannot be home alone. Okay. They cannot be home alone. Things just go wrong. Right. So they don't all get along when they're home? They do get along, but things escalate and they make poor decisions and they egg each other on and there's issue. There's just drama. And my stepchildren just aren't home alone well anyway. So my children end up feeling like they've got to sort of regulate or, you know. And so what we decided is we would have one set of grandparents over and then one set of sort of, that was for my stepchildren. They'd come over and hang for, for a bit. And then my children were sort of independent in what their plan was supposed to be. And even that, when executed well, my daughter, Lottie, overheard something that my stepson said to the grandparents that she was really worried was inappropriate and rude and what if, what if they didn't have a good time? And so we're still navigating sort of, she tells me what was said and then I'm talking to Gabe about it. 
it's still a hot mess. Like, let's be clear. But that's how we're navigating with sort of different standards on finances and other things as well. Yeah. And you know what? That's really interesting because I think, you know, when people ask me that question, they're expecting that I'm going to come with a solution and it's like, oh no, this is just what you do. And then it's fine. And it's not just fine, right? There's always going to be those tough conversations. There's always going to be things that just aren't fair. And that's just life. And in this type of you know, blended families or whatever your situation is, it's even more not fair. You're going to find yourself in more of those situations. You just have to be prepared that it's not going to be easy. Yeah. Well, and so there's a great, my business outside of uh, stepmomming and and momming and co-parenting is around leadership development. And there's a great framework that I use actually a lot as a a stepmom, which is the idea of being a judger versus a learner. So the idea of, are you evaluating something Or are you looking for possibility in it? Okay. And so for me, for a long time as stepmom, it had to be fair and it had to look good on paper and we had to look like a first family and all these people had to fall in line. And I've kind of tossed that into the air now. That's a lot of effort and I'm not sure it has the return. What I'm doing now is sort of where can we find things that create a unique identity for us as family that are the right answer for the people involved and go forward from there. So I'll give an example. I was adamant that we were going to have a tradition around the day after Thanksgiving here in the States. And the first several years we tried it, I, you know, I even faked it when we were celebrating Thanksgiving on a different day because of the rotation. It was a hot mess. People were crying. They didn't want to do it. Some people did want to do it, then felt guilty that other people didn't want to do it. And I mean, it was a, it was a disaster. It's cookie baking in pajamas. Like it's not studying, you know, the encyclopedia. It should You're be like, fun. This is supposed to be fun. <laughs> right. And it would make, it would end up every night I would be mad and it wouldn't have worked. And I, so this year I just said, I'm not, I'm not going to mess with it. And it actually started last year. Last year we made two batches and went about our business. This year I was like, I'm not even mentioning it. If it comes together, great. If not, and, and the kids are thrilled about it this year. They're thrilled about doing it or that you haven't they said anything? Do it. They asked about it. Amazing. And so I thought, well, so I said to them, well, what's, you know, what do you like best about that? So they figured out what they like best about it. And those are the parts we're doing. This podcast is brought to you by my ebook, 101 Ways to Be a Kick-Ass Stepmom. From how to navigate your relationship with your husband's ex-wife, to how to stop feeling insecure about being the second wife, to what to say when your stepkids say, I don't have to listen to you, you're not my mom, to how to introduce an R's baby into your blended family crew, to how to minimize conflict even when the ex seems to thrive off it, to how to get on the same page with your husband about all the things, and so much more. This ebook shares my top 101 tips, strategies, and mindset shifts for stepmoms who are ready to live a kick-ass life. To check it out, head to www.jamiescrimger.com forward slash ebook. And you know what, sometimes I think when we try to push these traditions on this new blended family and try to make things all hearts and sparkles, that's when you get the pushback. But if you just really kind of let things happen naturally, that's when you get those moments that you're looking for, right? Those special moments that you've been picturing in your head that don't necessarily always happen. Right. Well, and let's be clear, like for someone listening who's like, hey, those hearts and sparkles moments are never going to happen for me at the holidays. You're listening to a stepmom who was told to stay home from Christmas Eve service because they didn't want me there in the same building with their mom. Yikes. So like we started 
and are still in some places, I might still be told to stay home from Christmas Eve service. Just because um, the kids think it's super awkward? Super awkward. Yep. Mom, mom has been, um, th- what they've said in the past, mom has been really angry about it for days afterwards and takes it out on them. And so that's not where I sort of invest anymore, right? Totally. So for stepmoms who are listening who think, oh my gosh, this will never happen and we'll never have this moment, we just take other moments where we can you know, and you got to pick your battles, right? You really totally. do. Like, I know there'd be so many people saying, you know, I should, I have every right to be at church. I have every right to be at that service. Um, that's not fair. She needs to like get a grip. This is her new reality. And you know what? Maybe all of that is true, but yeah. at the end of the day, it is about the kids. And if the kids are uncomfortable with it and if the kids are getting backlash for it, like yeah. after the fact, sometimes you just have to take that back seat and be like, you know what? Okay. Right. I don't agree with this, but I'm just going to like bite this one. Right. Because right. Well, Exactly. You can't control someone else and and how how they perceive a situation or or what kind of happens at the other house. So I think it's all all about, for the most part, making sure the kids have as nice of an experience as possible, right? And if you can prevent them from having any of the negative impacts of, you know, the co-parenting drama, if you will, then I think you do it. Right. Well, and for me, what that has evolved to over the years is Christmas Eve with my kids at home for a couple of hours by ourselves. Right. Right. So it gives us kind of a quiet subfamily moment where we get to do stuff together with my sister or my parents if they come over and and then we're back to sort of the big piece as well. So that ebb and flow, whether it be in finance or in how we discipline or who gets what is for us almost a softer, easier relief now. And I fought it for years thinking about, you know, what should be even and what should this look like? And what does it say if I don't show up places? Like we do us and people who are living this life know very well that there's many, many options that work. Okay. That is super insightful because I've been talking about, you know, I just did a recently did a blog post on how we do finances and everything is like lumped into one, right? right? So what I make goes into the account, what Darren makes goes into the account. I always take care of everything for the kids. And people always ask me about, you know, whether or not I resent the amount of like child support that we will pay or the expenses that go towards the other house or, you know, responsibilities from the previous marriage. And if I resent how much that kind of impacts our day to day, because I know that that's, you know, something that's a lot of stepmoms struggle with, like those child support payments, you're like, I know what you're talking about, girl. There are a lot sometimes, and it does impact what you can do in your own life. So do you have any like insight on that? Because that was one of the questions that someone asked in the Facebook community. Like, do you resent any of the child support that goes out the door or those extra expenses? Or is it just, it is what it is. So uh, I don't know if I'd call it resentment. I do notice it. (laughs) So, and I really mean it that way. I had paid child support, you know, as a single parent, I was paying child support to my children's father and I continue to do that. And then I'm married to someone who pays child support. And every so yeah, now and everyone then, who thinks that it's bad that their their partner's paying child support, it's like, can you imagine having two child support payments? Right. Like, you know what? If you're feeling bad, you just pick a Kate. <laughs> right. Yeah. Here I am with two. But as I think about it, like where it's occurring to me now is, man, we are going to be loaded when these kids get out of here. Like, I know, Jared and I were just talking about like, what are we going to do? So that's what I mean. Is you know, like we are we are at a house payment in child support a month. And so that's, that's how I think about it is not 
that they don't need it because God knows they do. I mean, these people grow, they're, they're wearing things that are, you know, capris in the middle of winter. These people are growing and they're eating and they need that money. I get that. But the idea that someday it will be over opens up huge possibility for us. So I don't, I don't at all resent it. But again, I don't see it on my husband's side. So I don't see his child support. He also splits all expenses 50-50 outside of child support. So for those of you who are saying that, you know, the new clarinet should come out of child support, they actually split that clarinet 50-50. Child support doesn't figure in. Medical expenses are 50-50. So they settle up month to month too. I don't have visibility to that other than, you know, he's sitting at the kitchen table working on Quicken with it. A lot of stepmoms will say, you know, what the heck is child support for? Why do we have to pay a percentage of say like extracurricular sports or college or whatever? Like yeah. that's what child support is. And it's not in a lot of cases. I know like, especially when you have joint custody, child yeah. support is basically to kind of equalize the quality right. of living and, you know, the basic needs and like all the necessities and then things on top of that, you know, even like winter coats and, you know, yeah extracurriculars, those extra trips or whatever it is, those are typically split either 50, 50 or based on kind of like a percentage based on income discrepancy. Right. So, you know, child support isn't just like that. You don't just pay the child support and like, okay, you know what? I paid for my kids. I'm good to go. There is a lot that is on top of that. Right. Absolutely. So in my husband's case, he pays child support. He pays for 90% of private school tuition for three children. And he pays 80% of all medical costs and 50% of everything else. On my side, I pay child support. And then we pay, I pay all extracurricular activities at a hundred percent. And I pay 50% of all medical pieces. So right. yeah. you guys are so going to be loaded. What are you going to do? <laughs> Who knows? Come check us out. And I think it's 10 years. We're going to be rich. It's going to be like Peyton, <laughs> uh, Gabe's travel vlog. <laughs> right. right. Oh but, you know, until then, and we talk about it. It's a more contentious issue for my husband and his ex. But for my kid's dad and me, we'll talk about it with the kids. So the kids, and what we call it is mom and dad share money. So mom and dad share money. We share an amount of money each month so that week to week, things are the same for you guys. And so you don't have to think about what, you know, who's, who you're asking for, for what. Dad and I will figure it out. If you need a hundred bucks to, you know, go do the church retreat for a weekend and we can afford that and have decided that's valuable for you to do then it doesn't matter who writes the check. We'll figure it out on the back end. Totally. So what would your advice be? Cause I know there's a lot of stepmoms out there who get frustrated. They're like, you know what? This, this child support is not going towards the kids. It's going to subsidize their lifestyle. Uh, do you have any advice for them on how to kind of wrap your head around that? Because at the end of the day, you can't control where that child support is allocated. Yeah. So I, in general, try to invest as little mental and emotional energy in things I can't control as I can as possible. Right. So if I notice that, I might notice that I notice, wonder how I found that out or what led me to that assessment and try to avoid that input. Right. Right. So if I'm checking out, you know, looking over my husband's shoulder as he does quicken, I'm going to stop doing that. Right. Can't do anything about it. Right. If he's asking me for input on a text chain with his ex and that triggers me, I'm all done with that. 
Totally. And I think that's super important because, you know, there was a time, and I think we've talked about this before, where I was involved in some of the dialogue going back and forth and kind of the input. And I finally, my hands were shaking, right? Like I was consumed by this and I just felt so like so much like I had no control over my life. And I couldn't think about anything else because you know how you can kind of get yourself into like a tailspin over something and it's just not productive. So I said to my husband, you know what, I'm going to just need to take a step back here and be involved on a need to know basis. And I know a lot of stepmoms are saying, no, we're a team. It's a we and all of that. And you totally are. But if it's, you know, impacting your ability to be your best self in your marriage and in your family, then it's so important to be like, you know what, I can't control that. And I need to limit my exposure to that because I'm not going to change it. So if your husband's ex is spending, you know, her child support on things that you don't agree with, then you know what, you got to go for a run, blow it off because what are you going to do? Right. Well, and the thing that got into my head that made it sort of a giggly truth for me is the two of them have already failed at marriage. Yeah. Right. It didn't work out. They couldn't work it out. They couldn't do it in a way that preserved a marriage. Why would I bring them into ours? And that's really what getting all upset about it was doing is I was making it the three of us. It's not the three of us. It's he and I. Yes. The same way I'm not involved in his work. Yeah. Right. So this is is part of his work, right? She's, I think I have a blog post out there where I refer to her as an unfortunate pre-existing condition. Right. So like, right. Like they're, yeah. yeah. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> the kids are a joyful pre-existing condition. I'm so glad that he came with those. I'm less glad about this one, but yeah. he, he <laughs> can handle it. And my job as the teammate is to make sure that our house is not permeated by that negativity. Love it. So th- the way I do my job is I'm not involved in that. Okay. Yeah. So to the point where he does not um, have an alert for texts or emails from her. He doesn't answer or respond to them in my site. It just, it, it doesn't exist. I'm in a bubble where that doesn't exist. The request I made is let me know when we're going to court. Okay. And would you go to court with him? Yes, I, I would and have. And attend. Yeah. I, that's a question yeah. that people are, people ask. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, cause I've said sometimes I'm like, uh, do you go to court or are you? Right. Uh, I mean, if I, I, I trust that I can keep my mouth shut and I'm a benefit to us in court. If right. I was ever in a place where I felt like I was going to lose my shit, then yeah. maybe I wouldn't be in court. Right. Yeah. Works um, for one family may not work for the next. Right. Yeah. Exactly. But, and you know, we've, we've been through it. We've had the guardian ad litem at the house. We, we have been through it and we just are in a place where that's our limit. And so then I can make dinner. I can play the radio at home. When he walks into our house, it is a happy, healthy household. It's not me sort of diving into his past, trying to understand it. Cause I wasn't there. I don't understand it. And I have a biased view. Totally. And it has nothing to do with you. You know what right. I mean? Like it really, right. Thank you know, we can get caught up in our, in our husband's previous marriage and, you know, assessing everything, but what's the point? Like we all have a past. We yeah. all have, you know, failed relationships. We all have, you know, reasons yeah. for why we are in the place that we are. And right. there's really no sense in going back there. Cause it, you know, besides the kids, it really has nothing to do with you. Right. And I mean, setting limits works both ways. I act as though I'm a saint here. Gabe once walked into our house. (laughs) I am. Everyone pay attention. Gabe once walked into our house and found my children's dad asleep on our couch. And when he woke up, he said, hey, and they were talking. And then he told him, hey, just to let you know, I finished the last of your Pringles. Shut up. 
So like, we are not, can you imagine walking into your husband's ex-wife asleep on your couch and then she ate your snacks? Oh, like it's like she drank my wine or something. I'd right, lose my right. mind. Exactly. So I was on a business trip and he was waiting for one of our kids to get ready and he just fell asleep, but still. So there are limits to be worked out and boundaries to be worked out in all kinds of relationships, positive or negative, right? Right. And I think it's important just to have those conversations, right? You know, because sometimes, you know, the boundaries that are in place before the second marriage comes, you know, to be, they have to be changed, right? There there needs to be new boundaries that respect this new union and this new family that's being developed. And, you know, maybe you would be in each other's houses before, you know, while you're co-parenting and doing the pickup and drop off. But now like, it's not cool to be like in their kitchen, eating their Pringles or drinking their wine. Like it's, it's now like you're crossing that boundary. Right. Exactly. Oh my God, that is good. <laughs> that is a good story. Well, I can't believe so that. He was like, babe, we got to talk. It's <laughs> like, I can take a lot, but I'm going to, I'm going to draw the line here. <laughs> oh my gosh. I can tell you, I maybe wouldn't be that calm in that situation. <laughs> I'd be like, oh, <laughs> what the... Oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay, Kate, yeah. this has been amazing. I'm so glad to talk to you, Fred. I know we're going to have to do this more. Where can people find you? So I am at thislifeinprogress.com and we have a co-parenting class out there. I do not post a ton currently, but it's important that your listeners know there are more than a hundred articles filed there. They rotate. So often I'll get sort of, Hey, I'm all into your stuff. Do you have something on this? Just type it in the search bar. I have something on everything. I tell our whole story there and I'm over on Pinterest as well. And occasionally I'm on Instagram and you can see things there, but usually I'm off kind of tending to this brood. I do have a book in 2019 that will publish. So I'll make sure that everybody knows about that, but otherwise they can find me at thislifeinprogress.com. Amazing. And guys, I will link all that for you below and you can bet your ass that when Kate releases that book, I will be shouting off the rooftops about it. Okay. Thank (laughs) you so so much, much, Kate. It was so great to talk to you, friend. We are going to do this again for sure. Great. Take care. Okay, guys, if you like this podcast, please do me a little favor. Take a second and subscribe on iTunes and then screenshot this podcast, give it a share in social media and tell your friends what you think. And hey, don't forget to tag me so that I can thank you for helping me spread the word. Thanks so much. And I will talk to you next week.